What's up, man? <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to say it. Everything I'm good? just waiting for you to say it. Yeah. I'm just waiting for you to say it. Yeah. Well, Kwaku's calling in from an uh, undisclosed location. Oh. I'm not going to disclose any bit of it because I think I might get in trouble. So, anyway, who wow. are you? I <laughs> I am Kwaku. I'm still free. Who are you? Uh, we're not sure about that. I'm Atu, <laughs> and I'm I'm on the outside. And this is Radio Zamunda, <laughs> the dope shit. There you go. There it is, man. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, okay. And everybody knows. We always do the thing, like, do we say, is this happening? This is not happening. Mm-hmm. Today, I am doing our intro from work, and mm-hmm. Anto's got a lot of jokes yeah. because of the lack of color. A yeah. lot of things have converged, coincidentally, to make Otto believe that I'm actually in prison. Yeah. None of this is true, yeah. but... And looking at what he's seeing, I understand his thinking. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm a little scared for my friends, ladies and gentlemen, my friend, ladies and gentlemen, he, he, I mean, I think because you're such a conscientious person that, you know, literally you could get locked up and be in trouble and then not want to inconvenience me because I'm like somebody that you would call for bail money and you'd be like, I don't want to inconvenience you, but I kind of got Can we do up. the bumpers first? Can we do, okay, yes. Let's do the bumpers. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, anyway, no, 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 no. But yes. that's what that's yeah, what yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, hey, can, we, can we do the bumpers? And, and like, then there's something else I need to talk to you yeah, about. Yeah, I'd be like, Kwaku. <laughs> Is that a prison guard? But I only have a few minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> we got, I, got, I got a minute on this call. There's a line yeah. behind you. So yes. We need to hurry up with the Skype. This is a call from the San Diego Corrections <laughs> Unit. Like, oh holy. my God! Okay. Anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, sorry about that. None of that's happening. Yes. None of that's happening. Yes. So today I've got the dope shit for you, you do. Kwaku. You do. And I've been trying to get this cat for a long time. He's one of my favorite people. Oops, I said he, and I've I've uh, uh, okay. I've given you a clue, but um, you have. You know, actually, why don't we just go into it, man? Because this is going to be fun. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Let's right, do man. this. Peace. Peace. Glasses. Who are you? I'm Otto, and who are you? I'm Kwaku, and this is Radio Zamunda, the... Dope. Shit. Nice. All right, and we're on. Yeah, we're, we're on. We're on. Um, and <laughs> my dope shit for this week, for this two yes. weeks... Yes. My good cut, my good cuz, my good buddy... Are you giving me names right now? Are, you, are we not yeah. doing the thing? Well, we not- you're going to try to guess his name? I'm going to guess his social security number. I'm going to be like David Blaine about some shit, dude. No, you can give me his name. Okay. Yes. I'm kidding. So, Kwaku, I'd like to introduce you to my buddy, Kyle Bradstreet. Kyle Bradstreet. Hey. Kwaku Anning. Kwaku, nice to Kyle. meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet you too, man. Yeah. You look a little nervous. Don't don't be nervous. It's, it's going to be okay. Kyle's not nervous, man. Oh, <laughs> Did we lose it? Oh, no, he is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, no, everything's good, man. So, um, Damn. oh, did you just freeze? Oh, you just froze for a second. Eh, there, yeah. We're back. Okay. okay. No problem. All right. So we'll try that again. Yes. <laughs> Kyle, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Um, so Otto, do you want to do you want to go through like uh, like the little intro piece here? Absolutely, absolutely. So okay. for those of you who have maybe just tuned in, um, the way that dope shit works, and just to refresh Kyle over here, is that uh, Kwaku and I's relationship has been based on what what we get off on. I guess it's like he or I is always like, hey, have you heard this new? record or have you seen this new movie and then we're like always turning the other one on to something that the other one doesn't know so at right. one point somebody was like you you guys should make a podcast about the way you guys talk about music and stuff and then kwaku was like what would be even cooler if we brought dope people on to talk about their thing and their artistic journey and so forth and so that mm -hmm. kyle becomes the dope shit that kwaku has never met and then i introduce kyle and we all talk and we have a conversation mostly about you which will serve your huge ego and then uh we go from there <laughs> i don't know kyle but i'm looking at him and i do not see someone with a huge ego no I'm no just right. I've, I've never been called dope shit before in my life so this is very exciting <laughs> yes so uh Excellent. usually how this works now now see see that uh, kwaku has no idea who you are um so now he has the opportunity. We give him three quick guesses as to what you yes. might do. And then you yes. answer however the hell you want, man. All right. Yeah. All right. So normally, normally I try to joke around with a guess or two, but Otto is really competitive. And the last time we did this, he definitely did some research and cheated. Nope. Didn't so cheat. I did not cheat. <laughs> Sorry. To be debated. <laughs> to be debated. Um, so I'm going to start off with a serious guess right away. Mm -hmm. Kyle. Are you a writer within the entertainment industry? <laughs> you nailed it. Wait, what the fuck? Nah, see, you did research. You, you got, so, no, I didn't do any research. What? I did, I did not do any research. What makes I him not look like a writer? <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly speaking, right? he looks like you went to a top-tier college. I'm not saying Ivy League, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ivy League or Patriot League. Um, the I'm sort of like, <laughs> you know, the hip and conservative going on at the same time. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? The the pinpoint Oxford shirt, but it's untucked. Right, right. Um, that says writer to you, huh? It does. Okay, okay. I mean, does, does it not say that to let's you? Do a quick test here. Yeah. Which one of us went to an Ivy League school? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and which one of us went to state school? By the way, the last writer we had on didn't even go to college, right? Jesus. <laughs> did Dave go to college? Did Dave, did Dave Matthews go to college? Don't. Uh, he might have dropped out, I think. I don't yeah, know. I think he yeah, dropped yeah, out. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's weird. I, I, I'm, well, I'm impressed. That was, yes. That was, was guess. Guess number two would have been like a singer in a punk band, uh, but like like uh -oh. a grown up punk band. A grown up you know. punk band. I'll take that. Like, <laughs> I half expected him to have a British accent, you know, when he started talking. Well, you don't want to hear my British accent. Yeah, <laughs> I'll stick to the words. There we go. Yeah. See, the first time I got it right. That's pretty. I'm, I'm, showing I'm proud you. of you, man. That was that was pretty. That was pretty spot on. So Initi initially, my guess was going to say it was going to be a hip hop artist. Um, because like I like to, I past, like to just probably. throw curveballs. I wouldn't throw really? it past them. I wouldn't put it past you, man. I'm on a, I'm on a roll today. If that's the case, <laughs> do you or do you not spit bars, Kyle? I, I do not. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> I'm willing to learn. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now that I've just impressed both of you with my amazing sure. non-Google, yeah. amazing Kreskin. truth be told, truth be told, I've seen your name somewhere. Oh. Okay. 
but I don't know where. Okay. And I'm going to figure that out. Just like before when you had um, Daniel J. Watts, I was like, I know this guy's voice. Right. And so when you said his name, that's why I was like, don't tell me the name. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've seen that name before. Okay. Okay. And that's why, that's why I guessed writer. Got but, it. But um, how did the two of you meet? How do you guys know each other? Well. <laughs> uh, on BBC America's Copper. Yes. I was, a, ah, I was a writer producer, yes. and mm-hmm. Otto was uh, Dr. Freeman. Yes, I was. Yeah. That's how. And yeah. that was how long ago? 2012. We started shooting season one. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So we've known each other that long. Yeah. I remember sitting next to you guys at the first, the first like dinner. major dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Kevin Debolt, and uh, I was like, oh, I like these guys. Yeah. Like, you never want to get stuck with the writers because they, <laughs> you know, the writers are like, you know, they they bring them out every once in a while, and they're like, yes, master, yes, and they you know, like, then wow. they chase them back into the writer room. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. This was like, oh, I'm getting stuck next to the right. But they were cool. And I was like, they were good dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like a family affair after everything clicked so fast up there in Toronto. They also just took a whole bunch of us and put us in Toronto for six months. Right. So So what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So you had to become friends. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, it, it will maybe please you to know that I have a lot of friends who are just like, who will say to me repeatedly, I can't believe you're friends with the guy from Copper. <laughs> that's to, to this hear. day. Yeah. Well, he and made me the been... guy from Copper. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's so cool yeah. That was one of my favorite jobs ever. That, yeah. that was an amazing show. That was a great show. It was fun to work on. Yeah. It was really fun. Okay. Yeah. Walking into a... What, what was it? Like, we shot in a... It was it an auto parts factory? Auto parts factory that they turned into downtown New York City in 1865. And it smelled like shit like it was supposed to because, you know, they had horses... Horses, right. pigs, goats. Yeah. It was wild. Nuts. In this factory. How big was the factory? 200,000 square feet. Yeah. Jeez. About yeah. six stories tall. Yeah. yeah. So we had uptown, we had fifth, Upper Fifth Avenue where all the rich people lived, and then we had like the downtown crappy five, place. Yeah, yeah five, five points. Right. Down, right. Yeah. yeah. Right, like Gangs of New York-ish. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same era. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, so... I, there's this whole thing that we, we like to do where we really kind of like to get into the origin story. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for instance, how do you get into writing? You know, it doesn't, there, you know, every kid at some point is writing stories or whatever. I've, I have kids, so that's why I'm thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Every kid at some point is in school or yeah. is at home and making up stories, you know, but how do you go from that place or that point to being someone who's doing it for a living and making schlubs like the guy sitting next to you look good on television not that was a dig on you in case you didn't got it got it <laughs> you know where, where are you from originally Kyle? uh from a small town called palmyra outside of rochester new york okay upstate up true upstate yeah 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 like schenectady no. upstate up schenectady is not upstate than me and then take a, yeah, take a left yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> take a far left yeah. yeah yeah um and so do you come from a family of artists like what is your uh, no, what is your st- what is your background, man? I definitely did the the books as a kid, like you're saying. Like I got the you go home and my mom still got them, like a little cool of writing a story, a couple words here and there, and some pictures. Right, um, right. Was always into it, read a lot. My mom was a reading specialist, so there were books around the mm. house all the time. Mm. Um, and she went into education. My older brother went into education. My younger sister went into education, and I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. So I went to school for. English secondary ed and okay. I got all the way to my senior year so the, finished the first semester and I was like 
all that I've loved throughout this is like reading amazing books. Like mm. it's been cool to hang out with the kids and like work with them, but I just want to keep growing and like see what happens and more reading, more writing and started heading down that path. And that final semester, I was just like made a life decision. I'm going to just be an English major, see what happens with that. Just start scribbling a little bit more mm. and right. started writing some stories, a couple one act plays. Um, this was in Buffalo at uh, SUNY college at Buffalo. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I became around that same time. Became friends with a bunch of actors in the uh, in the the acting uh, whatever you call them department program, program whatever. Program. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And we just started shooting really bad short films on like a two hundred dollar <laughs> Canon that I was on credit card from Best Buy. Nice. <laughs> right. Nice. Awesome. right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which recently we had that same friend over and we watched some of the. Yeah. Short films made. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> were they Their bad? Spouses were like crying, laughing. It was so bad. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god. What what was what do you, what were books that made the impression on you back in that day? Oh mm. boy. Good question. Um, I was a huge Hemingway fan. Oh okay. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, and actually, uh, oh get up on the mic a little bit. Sorry. Right. Yeah yeah. Sorry about that. Not used to this. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm behind there. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Hemingway was a big one because uh, just the simplicity, the storytelling, and the writing, and just being like short and sweet and to the point, and then having a larger theme overall. And that actually just reminded me that I kind of so as I was going along with this writing thing, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't know what I want to do next. So there's this little loophole in the state uh, school system where you can like make up your own master's degree of mm-hmm. multidisciplinary studies. And I was like, well, huh. that sounds like yeah. something I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> so right, right. it was like English major and theater major combined. And it was all focused on how can I write for the stage in some sort. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, and the reason I thought of that off the Hemingway is I, you, d- you even designed your own courses and I worked with a couple of theater professors and one of them was like, hey, like all these stories you love, why don't you take one of them and adapt it into a, uh, a one act play or, you know, a yeah. short film. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, Hills Like White Elephants, uh, mm-hmm. there's a short story by Hemingway and that was like, just that's one that sticks in my head is a moment where I was like, all right, now this is something I can really get behind, something I want to get into. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I think like we've talked about this a bunch, Kwaku, where it's like the I feel like the the heart of all art, no matter if you are a writer or a musician or whatever you are, is storytelling. Yep. And um, yeah, and I think that each artist there is something. You know, you've heard me say this a million times where like storytelling, I feel like is the base of all human sort of expression and Mm -hmm. um, um, society and everything. You know, like what what kid have you ever met who doesn't try to tell you a story or make up a story? They're usually bad, but it's like the first way, the method of communication at a, you know, at the human level. And so I think that as artists, we immediately glom on to that. And then we want to we want to sort of make our own stories. Do you know what I mean? I just remember when yeah, I asked yeah. about the literature that you read, because it was the same with me, where for me, it was more like I still remember when I read The Hobbit for the first time. And I was like, okay. what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. And like this guy has created an entire 
alternate universe with complete with its own languages and and, and different peoples and stuff yeah. like that. And that I feel is like is at the heart of every pursuit that we have as actors. So like I as as a friend of yours, I didn't know like. This is what I love about the show is like, oh, I'm bringing my friend on. I think I know a little bit about him. And then he's like, oh, yeah, this is why I do this, which is always what's impressive to me. I'm like, oh, okay, But I knew you'd be a Hemingway guy. Definitely. Gabriel Garcia Marquez is a big one, too. Mm -hmm. That that. uh, And I think maybe you've seen this in my writing, you know, my writing. Well, it's like, you know, just take that this sort of a straight story and then just make it just weird enough that it becomes like otherworldly interesting but it's still grounded yeah. in reality but then right. you can play around out here and a little off to the side and it's like wow that's it's kind of cool kind of strange but it stays true to the story right right so it's funny what you're describing it makes me think a lot of um it makes me think a lot of like radiohead actually mm. if you if you listen to like early demos of of like songs that are bigger hits mm-hmm. they are pretty much straight ahead kind of pop songs right. you know mm-hmm. and then there is an interesting thing where maybe they play with time signature or um or they will add what i call like the cool shit where they add like different different layers to it mm-hmm. to sort of express chord changes mm-hmm. so it's almost that uh um that same process of sort of shifting something just oh, enough right. where you're playing with the fringes of it right so if you're you know if you're playing a, pro- a progression that's um like something really traditional, like G D C, you know, like knocking on heaven's door or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the idea of that progression, instead of strumming it on a guitar, doing it with um, doing it with an organ, mm-hmm. and then having some other lead effect also highlight the roots of each note. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm getting like really geeky musically sure. no, <laughs> in the way I'm de- I hear in the way that I'm describing yeah. it. But that I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that because the root at the end of the day, no matter how much interesting shit you put on a song or how many like cool effects you put on it if the changes don't make sense or if the melody isn't compelling it doesn't mean anything right 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 but there i feel i'm I'm really diving deep here when you're when you're creating stuff there's a level of you at least with me of getting sick of your approach Mm -hmm. you've done something you get really proficient i'm not even gonna say good you get really proficient at it you know all right i've started this this is going to end this way and you look back at it and someone else could look at it and be like man that was great but you there's a part of you as a creator it's like all right well how am i making this more interesting for me as well Mm -hmm. and then how am i even making it interesting to the point where i think i'm fooling the 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 audience into having this experience that's larger than what it really what it really is right so i am just playing gdc mm-hmm. but i've played enough with the fringes enough where you know to me like a really great song you you kind of lose sense of how long the song is right right and so something with a really great story like if i'm watching a tv show and i don't know where i am within the hour or within a half hour right to me that's always a marker of a great like a great show mm-hmm. like oh my god this is over right well, right you know and so it sounds like there's some of that within your process. Certainly. It's like, a, I forgot who told me, it, it was, I think it was back in college, but the idea of like, which speaks to what you're saying is like, first learn the rules before you break them. Type mm, of thing. Right. So it's like, uh, and I learned that hardcore down here. Um, I wrote a masterpiece play. Mm-hmm. It was like 120 pages, mm-hmm. like five characters. It was like, I was like, yeah, wow. this is, this is the thing. This is, we're, we're going to do this. And right. I went to, uh, What's the theater under the drama bookshop on 42nd there? Oh. You know um, that? It's not EST. It's, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, yeah. Arthur something. Uh, but, yeah. But it's so, like we rented it out for two nights, and I did like a, had like a 
stage reading, but everyone's on their feet mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. going through it and all our friends and family and, you know, people came and stuff. But I was just like, wow, this is fucking terrible. It's 120 pages of rambling bullshit. <laughs> and and yeah. I'm just glad that, like, I had the like <laughs> self awareness to realize that right. I was like, yeah, and it wasn't anybody else's fault. But mine, the actors were great. Yeah, like I'm just like, okay, I need to step back. Mm-hmm. And there's this Irish writer that I, uh, I'm a big fan of, Connor McPherson, the playwright, mm-hmm. and uh, and he had a bunch of one acts. So I went through and I read a bunch of his one acts, and I was like, all right, I'm now I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to write a ten page story and a play, mm, right, and figure out structure, right. So it's not just wandering over the place for two hours. Right. And I did it, sent it off, got into a festival right away. We rehearsed it, put it up at the festival, and, and won whatever first prize. Oh, fantastic. And it was just like, wow. like, now I understood. It was like like the idea of like going back to the basics, learn that Hemingway story before mm-hmm. you can go on and write, you know, 100 yeah. Years of Solitude or something, because those are two different beasts. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Uh, we had a, a guest on, a buddy of mine, Mac Rogers, who's also a writer. He's a fantastic playwright, and he's uh, he, he, he's going into science fiction. He does a lot of science fiction and stuff, and he had the same almost exact story as when he came up from uh, North Carolina, and he's a writer. He's like, I'm, I'm in New York now. I'm going to write. And he said, like, his first, uh, his first play that, again, was a masterpiece was a three-hour monologue <laughs> of him up on stage oh, just, like, it. pontificating <laughs> about something. And then, like, same thing where he was like, oh, this is horrible. Like, yeah. this is horrible. So then he, like you, he went back to the basics and said, like, I, I think he also was, uh, also understood that, like, oh, the audience is part of this. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. like, mm. I have, it, it can't just be me there's there's another sort of character that I'm sort of there's another part of this the storytelling apparatus that necessitates the audience's feedback and like right. if if right. people if people are hungry because they're in a hot theater for three hours watching just me on stage just like babbling this is bullshit you yeah. know what I mean it's like there's an exchange that has to happen no matter how long or short the piece is and I think that's part of what like structure entails where yeah. it's like you know there's a there's something about our humanity that understands like the beats of a story and, and how it unfolds. And when you, and again, those are the sort of rules that you can stick to and then figure out how to break them effectively. And that's what I love. And that's what I love about your writing. Cause that, I think that nails it because I think there's something about you that you'll write something and it'll be that you as the human who's like responding to it, will understand the beats and you'll sort of dole out the beats and and then suddenly there'll be a shift and you're like oh shit like just like a weird chord change right where then you're yes. like oh oh you know what i mean that makes the impact but you never waste it like you you'll you, you'll you'll lead everybody along and then all of a sudden there's just like a boom and you're like oh 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 and then that and yeah. then you and read the rest of the story you know uh our, the showrunner and creator of copper and my mentor tom fontana mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm helped me with that too because he he is like the structure king so yeah. as far as like writing a script it was like okay that's how it's done and he doesn't even try he's, he's not like he pays no attention to like well the climax has to be here and like mm-hmm. then the little bit of closure he's just like whatever i'm just gonna write it but he just happens to be fantastic at structure so working mm-hmm. under him i was mm-hmm. like all right 
making so much sense. And he called those the holy shit moments. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. He wrote Oz, so he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, in each episode, you know, you got to have one of those holy shit, like yeah. left turns and like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And, but, right, but it right. always needs to be like, it needs to be a part of the story. You can't right. do something where you're like, well, that just took me completely out of the story. It's like right. you said, to, to, to better serve the story. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, now we're on a new trajectory. Yeah. And I'm on board for this. And yeah. I think that yeah. you can successfully pull that off. Like, mm-hmm. it's awesome. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. So let me ask you this. And we're going we're gonna to come back to your origin story. I'm totally jumping into process now. Mm. Do you find that it w- it's easier for you to be critical <coughs> of your work being, being the person who creates it and then being able to sit back and observe it being played out as opposed to if you were a writer, actor, and you're within it, um, you know, you're within that process, you know, because I'm just impressed with that story. The idea of you like watching that playing, being like, nope, this is shit. This is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And this is how I have to change my approach. Do you feel that you would be able to be as objective if you were writing things that you were also acting in in the same way that Mac, uh, the other guest that mm-hmm. Otto described, have that same sort of uh, uh, revelation? That's mm-hmm. that's a really tough mm-hmm. question. I'm not... I'm not sure where to go with that. I'm just trying to think of like the different things that I write, and uh, it's, it's I do some, I do some prose when I have time, uh, theater, and then um, and then TV is my you know that's where I spend most of my time these days. But, right. But I guess I'm kind of dodging the question, but kind of answering. It, I hope at the same time is that like theater for me, even though I'm not the one on stage, it's so much easier. To have those, oh, what is that? Or like those moments where you're like, shit, like what? Mm. You know, like that's horrible. Or, or whereas in TV, it's so collaborative that mm-hmm. I send, you know, I get so many notes and like it goes through so right. many revisions. And then you get to sit in the edit bay and make last minute changes here and there and stuff. Right. So, and you you just get to play with it a little bit more. Whereas you know, once you're when you're in the theater and you're doing a reading or something, you're just like, well, that line did not work at all. Right. Right. So and I think well, let's stick into the theater piece more. Is that like those realizations? Is that just you watching it and feeling what's happening in the room? Like, is there a part, huge. you know, yeah. of, of what Otto was saying, the idea of um, the idea of like the audience being a part of that storytelling piece? Yeah. Like I, I, I taught K through five music for 10 years and I could tell within the first two minutes if a, a lesson idea to teach kids around music was working or not, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, just by reading their faces. Oh, that kid who's normally, I love him, but he's kind of a fuck up. Mm. That kid is into it. All right, cool. We're good. Right. right. Or the kid who's always into it is sort of like, she looks bored. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. I'm never, I'm not doing this for the afternoon class. Mm-hmm. Like how much of that is the audience or how much of, is, of that is you comparing what you're seeing happening on stage with the way you envisioned it in your mind? I think, there's a little bit of a balance, but I do love that. It's like seeing the audience because you know when when with the TV thing, you know, once it's up, it's out, it's out of your hands. And you know, if I ever, right. I don't usually watch it after that. But if I do, then it's like okay, I'm not in somebody else's home watching it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, right. That's, right, that's the great thing. Like you said about theater is like, if we've done it a few times, and like I'm done with what's on stage, and mm-hmm. now I'm sitting in the back and I'm looking around and just like watching the audience's reaction who's like leaning forward in the seat and who's like you know mm. laughing who's crying who's whatever and it's like that's when you start to feel like okay now there's an immediate connection like that right like humans are just coming together over these mm. words which is that's kind of what makes it all worth it you know yeah. 
I love that. Humans coming together over these words. Yeah. I remember that's, when I wrote, like I used to write a little bit. Um, I, when I got into acting, I started writing as well, just under the auspices of like, well, I'll cast myself in this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'll never forget when I, then I started directing stuff and uh, I would, I just like you, I would write something. Oh, did this pause again? Oh, you're good. I'm back. I'm okay. Back. Yeah. You're back. Um, I would have this, um, I, I remember the visceral reaction to like having written something and then that collaborative thing of giving it to an actor and the good actors come up with something even better than not the line, mm. but they, they interpret something even better than you thought. Yeah. And then you sit in the audience and watch them execute it. And then you watch the audience's reaction. And that is like, like a cocaine addiction like right. obviously when it, wow. it doesn't work when it doesn't work then you feel like shit it's like oh my god but like when you see something hit you're like oh my god you know what i mean yeah, it makes you just want to keep doing it and take that next step yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's kind of amazing so oh did it, oh so, wait, I, thought, I thought we lost you for no no i'm still here okay, i'm cool, still here cool. i'm still here uh, yeah <laughs> so all right so then kyle uh, Otto brings up a really great point um, whether it's television or stage, how much do um, do the actors' interpretations? Because and the reason and the reason it's such a good point is because we we've had actors on here before. Um, what is the name? What, what's the name of the guy from Queen Sugar? Oh, oh, Omar J. Dorsey. Omar Omar J. Dorsey. Yeah. And he was talking about doing, and I'm so bad at all these things. What was the the movie you guys were in? The Tarantino movie? Oh, Django, Django and Jane. He was talking about like you guys were one of you guys were talking about like being in line together mm -hmm. and how you, they were interpreting something mm -hmm. that was really underwritten right. where it's sort of like they all have like a really and you probably can speak to this better than mm -hmm. I can Otto but it was like a really basic setup they were all slaves mm -hmm. and they were being transported and they were fighters mm -hmm. and then Omar interpreted it one way mm -hmm. and was reacting that way, and then Otto's interpreting it the other way. Right. But as a writer, you can only write so much. Right, right, right. You know, without it, without it feeling, I'm assuming, suffocating all around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how much, I guess, how much do you feel, how much does like a, like a really sort of savvy actor who can interpret and sort of expand upon your story, how much does that impact your finished work, whether mm -hmm. it be on TV or screen? I mm. I just I love the collaboration process of it so much that mm. I'm I'm willing to give like a lot like you know I, I love the conversations like and Otto can attest to this we'll be mm. on set and it'd be like all right like rehearsing a scene and it's like oh, that feels like it could be a little bit stronger if we change this line to this or mm -hmm. if we we don't need this it's like this is just expository let's just omit that line and move on get to the right. heart of the scene like that right. type of stuff right and mm. and that's that's theater all the way through from rehearsal. You know, the script changes every single day when you're yeah. doing a play. Yeah. But, um, Interesting. Yeah, I I think that collaboration there is fascinating. And and then to speak to another side of that question is, like, another thing that goes back to actually Fontana is, like, mm -hmm. I, I was showing him something, and it, some of the dialogue was like, and I don't know if you've seen this elsewhere, what mm -hmm. another shows you've done, it's like, and, like, you wanted the, the character to play it a certain way so you're like it's like exclamation points and caps and underlines something mm -hmm. like that and it's mm -hmm. like and he's like i don't never use any of that and i was like i was like what are you talking about he's like well he used underline excuse me so he's like I'm like what are you talking about and he's like i i underline the word i want stressed and I let the actor do whatever they're going to do because mm -hmm. like 
this actor over here, like like to speak to the, the Django story, it's like mm-hmm. this actor might make think I have to yell that word then. The next actor might be like, I need to whisper that. The next one might be, I, I right. need mm-hmm. to be more intense. Like, mm-hmm. just like, it, leave that up because you gotta trust the people you're working with, right? Yeah. You just be like, all right, yeah. I know this is a phenomenal actor. I'm giving them these words. Like, they're gonna make it work. Right. And then that, yeah. let them surprise me and be like, holy shit, that line is even better than I thought it was gonna be. Right. And if it sucks and I go tell Otto it sucks, <laughs> I'll do, do it the way I wrote it. <laughs> That that makes that makes I mean I'm, to me I'm that's very analogous. Now. Are you triggered? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but that makes sense. I mean, yeah. that to me is like you you write a song and you're playing it with the musicians and you just give them the changes because you want to see what. And if you've worked with people, I'm sure you know you're yeah, yeah. going on multiple episodes or multiple seasons. You know that they're going to pull something great out of it right. Right. if you give them enough space to jump from or whatever the case might be. Exactly. Um, and I think that also yeah. people like sort of congeal like when you first meet the writer or the actor, the director, whoever, and then like, you know, that first episode or the first play you do or whatever, like you're getting to know each other and then you get the writer knows how to write for you or you know how to interpret, you know what she meant when she wrote it this way. And then you start to sort of really sort of blend. Yeah. I feel like that's when it really, you know what I mean? Like, like I can track that with the projects that I've had, and like really having really good relationships with the writer and the showrunner, then they like they, they get what your rhythms are. Where it's like, right? I know that there's I know that there's lines that it's not that it's a bad line. I just know that I can't pull it off that way. And if you just flipped it this way, like with my instrument, I could do it this way and still have what you are going for. Yeah. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I'm always I always try to be as deferential as possible and say, hey, here's my issue. It's not because I think it's well, there's one or two times where I've thought it's like <laughs> not with Kyle, but like there's a couple of situations that you and I were talking about that we won't mention now where I was like, okay. this is just <laughs> simply bad like this. Like, I don't know how to make this work. And I'm just I need help. You know what I mean? But right. um, it, it's funny because we when Kyle walked in, I was playing uh, Feist. Um, I was playing her first album, Let It Die. And she has a, a cover of a Bee Gees song called Inside Out. And you hear you've mm-hmm. heard the Bee Gees song and it's like a legendary Bee Gees song. Yeah. Right. And then it's like this young um, Canadian woman takes it with her uh, DJ slash producer and takes and interprets that song in a different way. And you're like, it's the same song, same exact lyrics, but holy shit, this is what she right. does with it, which I think, right. which is, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, like there's nothing like, like a great collaboration, right? Absolutely. It's like me yeah. as the actor, I can only do so much. Right. But if the writing is awesome, it's like, like, I don't, I don't, I just have to show up and just say the words, you know what I mean? And, right. and make sure I say it at the right time, you know? So that's, that's what I love. But that collaboration too is like that changed my entire outlook on writing in general. Because I, you know, leaving school, I was like, yes, I'm going to be like the, the novelist by the window with the desk, like alone all day, and like, mm-hmm. you know, and right, and then right. it seems so romantic. And then I got into like doing the off, 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 off Broadway, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, we're all like <laughs> down and dirty, like yeah. renting out this rehearsal space, yeah. like chipping in money together to make it happen. And yeah. it's like, okay, I like being in the process. And then TV, even more so, it's like you're, you know, you're working with two hundred people to make yeah. this thing happen. So yeah. it's like, right. And you're like, okay, so I still get my time at my desk, and I get to do that. But then I get to come in here, and all these people are going to make what I wrote better. Right. And that's, right. yeah, that's cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, I have a lot more process questions. You would you would not think that someone's like, hey, well, how do writers do this? <laughs> but I totally have like a list of those questions. Right. But 
before before I go any further, can you talk more about your journey? Like you you go to grad school, um, you design your own <laughs> major. <laughs> What? What, what's, what? <laughs> yeah, what? What's that look? There's, there's a look. A what's happening right there? In this origin story that I can't see? wait. School see? came down with no, some no, plays. No, 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 wasn't. Now, no. Yeah, now we're here. No. Kyle just elided it's, over something. Like, yeah, I went to grad though? school, and then I started writing for TV. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> let's. Yeah. Let's That's slow how all down, the kids do back it, right? it up. That's how all the kids do it. Yes, you let's to get to the granular stuff. Let's make yes. sure we don't skip over certain mm-hmm. moments. So let's let's go is. into that origin story one more time. How many so. people have walked off your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a first. We were talking the other night. Definitely a first. Yes. So, so. All right. Go so, ahead. Um, <laughs> I'm at, I'm at Buffalo State. Um, this writer-producer, Tom Fontana, comes back to teach a course. I had no idea who he was and had never seen a TV show of his. But I hadn't... You'd never seen Oz? No. We, we didn't have wow. uh, HBO. We stole it for a while at, in college, but then we got busted, and they came and took down the box yeah. and everything, so... And homicide okay, life fair. in the streets? Jesus, like, Tom Fontana, <laughs> legend. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But there, okay, there's, there's so, good so other sides of that too. Yeah. But, um, so they they were like, "Hey, do you want to pick Tom up at the airport?" And I was like, "Sure." So I pick him up. I pick him up like when he came in Monday mornings, drop mm-hmm. him off Tuesday mornings, and we just started chatting all the time in the car. Soon after class, we'd have class Monday, like early evening or something. We'd be we'd go to the bar together, have a couple of drinks, and just talk, and just became friends over the course of it. And and what I realized, and it's part of that shift in what direction I wanted to go in life, is I was like, I, it sounds so simple and dumb, but I'm like, I didn't realize, like, when we were watching, like, when we were stealing cable and watching The Sopranos, I was like, someone was writing all of that, and someone paid them to write all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I only, right, I read so many right. books at that point in my life, and I was like, well, that's how it's going to happen. I was like, wait, there are all these other avenues, like, to make a living where you can be a writer. Mm-hmm. And, right. And he told me that as well. He's like, whether it's a poem or an article or an essay or whatever, like he's like, just write everything mm-hmm. right all the time. And I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. So started doing that and then um, moved to New York uh, maybe a year after that. Um, he hired me onto one of his shows as an office production assistant. Did that for a bit. Um, we finished that pilot. I went on to be a production assistant on a, what is the name of that film? Um, De Niro directed it and started it. It was like a three-hour CIA movie oh, oh, with Matt the, Damon and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, you know? the oh, I know what you're not, talking. Couple, not I have Ronan. a couple of friends. No, right. no, CIA. It's um, Eric Roth wrote it. I don't. Yeah, I know exactly. I had like a friend or two in it back in the. Uh, well, I did that for yeah. a bit, and then mm-hmm. I, and then uh, the job of Fontana's assistant opened up, and he has this apprenticeship style. Uh, structure at his office where he's like if you're an assistant for a few years and then I have a gig then I give the opportunity to write for it and see how it goes and I was like well if I'm going to be a writer I don't want to be doing production the whole time I got to get over there and you know see what I can do so right. I sat at the assistant desk and just every morning early morning get up hours before work and write like crazy and so the whole time I was doing the 9 to <coughs> 6 or whatever office job I was uh 
writing for the off-off Broadway plays, the, the one acts and everything, and then mm-hmm. going to rehearsals at night. And I never like I never invited him. I would just let him know what was going on. So like we'd get we'd you know print out the little flyers and stuff, and I'd just like drop right. it in his his, yeah, in, yeah. his inbox just so he knew I. I uh, kept hustling the whole time. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, then he had a show come up on NBC, and he said, hey, you, or you, if you're good to go, I'm, I need a staff writer. And called me in and talked to me, and I was like, holy shit, like, this actually happened. At this point, I'd probably been working, hoping to be a writer for like six, seven years or so from between college and New York. And then, um, right, yeah, it was wild. Like, I was like, someone's going to pay me to do this. Like, this is... So I was like, yeah, of course I said yes, and I thank you so much. And then I was like, I'm just going to take a quick walk and grab a cup of coffee. And I went outside and I called my then girlfriend, now wife, and just like was like crying. I was like, oh my God, it's like it's happening. Like, yeah. It's really doing it. Because like, that's the reason we moved to New York in the first place. We were like, right. we're going to figure it out. At that time, it was heading towards theater, but now it was like, now we're heading towards TV. And I was like, all right, we're going to like, mm-hmm. this might actually happen. We're going to make it happen. And that was 10 years ago. 11 years ago. What show was it on NBC? It's called The Philanthropist with, um, um, oh, uh, yeah. The guy, uh, Altered Carbon. Uh, Kinnaman was on that? Jo- not no. Kinnaman. Oh, um, oh. British. British yes, Red. yes, yes. Wow, my memory sucks. They showed his, I like they how showed all three dick. of us cannot yeah, remember yeah. the name <laughs> of any shows. <laughs> yes, and how am Purifor. I? Yes, James Purifoy. Yes, yeah. yes, lovely man, okay. lovely man. Yeah, so he was the lead, and yeah. and yeah, it was, it was a fun time. It was a good ride. So now, after hearing that story, right? And then we went on to the next show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you want to go backwards. Still stuff we're trying skipping. to go forwards here. Well, okay. Still. So, all right. So, I was, I'm going to say this, Kyle. Uh-huh. Like, because Otto and I will both do this where we bring people on. Right. And we know a lot of their background, but... You know, but the other person, so in this instance, me, I can't ask you specific questions about I'm asking these really broad questions because I literally, besides having seen read your name somewhere, have never met you before. I know nothing about right. you. Mm-hmm. So Otto is going to pressure you to, to share sure, the stuff. But like, what yeah. if hypothetically <laughs> you'd had drinks three nights ago with him and you said, this is the only question you can not bring up. And he's like, yeah, totally cool. And then you're in his living room and he's like. You know what? That, you know what that sounds like. What? Classic auto. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's me. Although, in all honesty, I knew walking up the stairs that he was going to do this. So let, let's just yeah. let's just get it let's, over with. Yeah, let's, <laughs> okay. let's dig in, dig in. But before I before we go into this, right? I also <laughs> want to say, like, hearing that story, any writer who hears that story who's coming out of grad school, like, again, he is an. It's going to be pissed, right? Yeah, like. <laughs> Tom Fontana shows up at your school and is like, hey, buddy, let's go out to have drinks. And then right. <laughs> and you I, I, I told you there's a backside to that. I yeah. forgot. Yes. All right. So, well, <laughs> well, two things to that. One, yes, that I am the luckiest son of a bitch yeah. alive. Um, there we go. And, <laughs> and so was Fontana because he had the same situation with Bruce Paltrow. He just kind of bumped into him. Wow. And was like, oh, and Bruce was like, I want to do TV. And he's like, no, I'm a playwright. And he's like, TV pays a lot more money. Write one script, and he was like, "Okay." And then he was like, "Okay." Jeez, I didn't know but, that story. Wow. But the the thing that I like, because I, I do like a lot of guest <laughs> guest speaking and stuff like that mm-hmm. at various colleges and universities, and mm-hmm. the, you know, the question most asked is like, "How do you get there?" Type of thing, and mm-hmm. and I, I can't, you can't give a straight answer to that because there's there's no one way. Right. But the one thing I keep saying is, uh, just to be prepared when you get there. 
Like when you get that opportunity, yeah. the short version is don't fuck it up. And mm-hmm. like, so that's what I meant when I didn't hit hard enough. But during those times, like back in Buffalo, early mornings after I met Fontana, he's like, write every day, write mm-hmm. as much as you can. I was like, mm-hmm. all right. And then I did dive in deep, like mm-hmm. six o'clock, five o'clock every morning, getting up, just like cranking out as much material as possible. Most of it was shit. Some of it was good. Some of it turned into a play. Right. Some of it turned mm-hmm. into a short story. Some of those stories got published. I have a huge stack of rejection letters. Mm. But, like, just the idea, like, every single day, the whole, and the whole time I was his assistant, too, just working, like, mm-hmm. every single morning getting up and working. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's the thing that I like to, I like to talk about when people ask me because yeah. it's like, then when the time comes and it's like, okay, it's your time. Here's your shot. Like, can you do it? And you can do it because you've been practicing yeah. this craft for so long every single day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But the backside to that mm. is so Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So the front part was I met Fontana at a train station in downtown Buffalo. I knew Oz was a cool show from what my friends had told me. And I was like, okay, I'm picking up like this badass writer. And I'm like looking around for like some like young, hip, cool looking dude <laughs> to come towards me. And it's yeah. like, and then I'm saunters like, you know, gray haired Tom, the yeah. goatee. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, probably maybe mid 50s at that point i think i don't know Mm -hmm. and then like he's like like you kyle i was like yeah and like oh shit okay you're tom and like and like that's just where we started like like in the dark in a train station downtown (laughs) buffalo and then went to my car and so on and so on so then like i said we were having drinks we were hanging out he goes back to new york i stay in buffalo for another half a year and then go down to new york and then Fast forward, I don't know how many years, but this is the Hollywood part. We're in mm-hmm. staying in a bungalow at Chateau Marmont because we're out there pitching a show together. Amazing, and that's very Hollywood. Right there. That's very Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're we're having drinks together in, in in the living room, and we started going back to that story that first night we met, and we were laughing at how each of us had interpreted it differently. And then he talked about going through that semester, how like he thought that I wanted to work for him, and I was like. Dude, I had no idea who you were. I've never seen a single show. Like, and both of us were on just completely different planes for those that like right. four months that we'd spent together. Right. I was like, right, I thought right. we were just we were just talking about writing and drinking bourbon. Yeah. And he's like, I thought you were like going to slip me a resume at the end. Instead, you just wrote me a letter. And I was like, I was like, yeah, because we were cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fantastic story. And both That's of us were like, all right, well, yeah. I mean, like that that luck thing, I think we've talked about that before. It's like there's that blind luck where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I can joke with Kai and be like, yeah, Tom Fontana, one of the greatest living TV creators ever. Right. Happened to be happened to be an alumni at your school. And, you know, hey, you know, two years, four years, five years later, you're writing on tv do you know what i mean which doesn't happen but like just to piggyback on what he said it's like there's that kind of blind luck but then what he said is like luck who is it uh some football coach said it like uh luck is when opportunity and skill meet Uh, right and it's like it's cool kyle kept you know kept his opportunity and skill like he turned those dials as, as much as he could so that when the opportunity presented himself itself he had the skill set to sort of execute so it wasn't like yeah. yeah randomly i've never written anything in my life and tom fontana comes in and you've written a hit tv show and right. you, you know what i mean like it was right, like right there's a lot of work behind it and i know that tom has told me that he he gets up like 4 30 in the morning yeah. all the time 
and writes like since his St. Elsewhere days or maybe even more. Mm -hmm. And also he's he's got like I think I remember him telling me he's like he's got maybe like 25 pitches in his head all at one time. And he's like one of them or 10 of them might go. So like he's he's never had he never doesn't have some kind of pilot or series in mind that he's ready to write and that he's got some kind of outline for and all that stuff. So like that's that is the guy who is like always sort of working and prepared, even at his level now. And I just I just remember when I was I was the young actor walking around um, the city back in the day when I used to go to the Manhattan theater source and was trying to work on Minecraft and all that stuff. And I would always walk by like on my way to the C train on 14th Street. I would just always walk by this amazing library building. And like at Christmas, they would have like a 60 foot Christmas tree. And it was like the most gorgeous Mm -hmm. place. And I was like, dude, that whoever lives there, that's like the raddest house ever. Like you could see the library stacks and stacks of library books. And then one day somebody was like, I just happened to mention it as we were walking by with a friend. He's like, dude, that's Tom Fontana's place. I was like, the, the, the Oz guy and the freaking like homicide lights in the life in the streets, dude. I was like, Holy shit. So as a, as a young actor, like I had that douchey statement where I was like, yeah. one day I'm going to be in Tom Fontana's house. We're just going to be rapping. You know what I mean? And then suddenly I'm on a Tom Fontana show. Yeah, in his house. Hanging yeah. Out. yeah. And I, were you there that first time where I think I, I came over, like he had like a, like a viewing party or something. And a bunch of the copper people came over and I walked in like, a Muslim walking into Mecca. I was like, I have arrived. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, holy shit. But that that's one of my favorite stories. Where I'm, And I told him the story. He's like, yeah, have a cigar or whatever. Like, he passed me some nice bourbon. But I was like, fucking Tom Fontana. Holy shit. Anyway. Wow. Anyway. That's crazy. Cats. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was going to say, you don't have to, but, you know. I'm sorry. Did you just say cats? He, he sure did. So I occasionally oh. just yell cats. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's like a special feline uh, yes. form of Tourette's yes. or something. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Tell uh, us about cats, Kyle. I've been holding it in this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> As I figured, I might as well just get it over with mm-hmm. and then move on. Yep, yep, yep. Then we can end the okay. episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just ending it with that with cats. Yes, Thank yes. you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Kyle Bradstreet, cats. Yes. That's all you need to know. That's your takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, being an assistant is not the sexiest job alive. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I thought you were going to tell the story. No, I can't tell no, the story no, you, as well Kyle, as you Kyle, this can. is your story, buddy. All right, it's so, your story. Uh, so I'm working for Tom, and his, his mom was like in her, I want to say, early 90s. I'm not going to get the age right, but she she was getting up there. And he wanted to give her some company. And the, I think the building didn't allow dogs or something. And he's like, I'm going to get her this like really awesome cat. And it's some rare, fluffy, cute thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, all right. But uh, I, I'm too busy to go up to Buffalo and take it to her. And he's like, oh, wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I said, oh, wow. No, no, no yeah, he yeah. was, no. I hear you. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so I, I knew where this was headed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So he's like, I need you to find this cat. Like, find one, go get it, and then fly it to Buffalo, give it to my mom. <laughs> And I was like, this is, it's like, it's like a, 
upper class like weird drug deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, like smuggling cat. So it was like there was some breeder down in Bay Ridge, and we, like we got the pictures. It was all good to go. So I got on the train down to Bay Ridge, and then got there. Things took way too long there, and almost missed the flight. Barely got there in time. Didn't have the right travel case or whatever they're called to shove it under the seat. Oh. Right. They JetBlue put it all together, got to the plane just in time, oh. landed in Buffalo, took a cab out to his mom's apartment, dropped off this big fluffy white cat <laughs> who was named Oz and is, is still around and doing well. And uh, yeah, we can. Oh, hold on. It, sorry. Yes. It froze. You're like, yeah. I took the cab out to his mom's apartment. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and then and then it just froze. Yeah. All and right. then I uh, so then I. I dropped the cat off, uh, and they they named it Oz. Uh, his mom and, and his uh, his sister was there, and then I went over to see some friends that around the corner that were hanging out at a bar, and I flew flew back to New York the next day. I love that story wow. because I know Kyle, and and I know like the kind of person he is, a lovely person, you know, conscientious and all that stuff, and I know Tom Fontana to be the same. But when you have something to use against Kyle, any kind of like wedge you have to use, and the fact that this guy had to transport a cat and had to go find a fluffy cat and put it in the right box and fly it to somewhere else and give it to a nice, Buffalo. lovely old lady. Like, yes, that story, like just when if you like our viewers don't maybe not know Kyle, but I know him. And I I get so much pleasure out of that story, just just I think, uh, hear just like seeing Kyle's face and watching him make the calculation that oh I, I gotta I gotta take a cat for this guy because I can't I have say to, no I can't like he I, I has can't say no if it was a different situation Kyle's also can be. Um, very funnily acerbic like like he's got he's got any number of like uh uh volleys at you if like if you right. get on him right so like i know that he's got to hold everything he would want to say back because obviously it's not a bad situation he's not being abused but like i know that like it's everything in his power to hold back everything he would want to say and just yeah. do and the day, job yeah yes i would love to transport a cat to <laughs> buffalo that will not be awkward at all that's from Bay Ridge too. From Bay Ridge. It's not like you're picking up the cat on 34th Street. And or you something. have to find the cat first. Like it's this you need kind to find of cat. some rare weird thing. I mean, it's, a, it's a beautiful, fantastic. lovely cat, but yeah. nothing against the cat. Mm -hmm. Cats. Here, cats here's, cool. here's the added, the added part too is that Otto hates cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, cats. Oh, and yeah. so he has a separate level of joy <laughs> of you handling this beast yeah. that he doesn't that he oh, hates. Yes. Kyle has to transport it anyway. And your next um, birthday present. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Someone's getting a That's fluffy cat. That's what's happening. Like, I'm going to Bay Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm glad you told that story because I love that story. But <laughs> Kyle doesn't. <laughs> I, know. Yeah. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> Should we tell it again just in case? <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, so now okay. So what I love about this story, I mean, not the cat story, but like, you know, going forward, um, you know, we met. How long had you been working 
for Tom? Uh, assistant in 2005 uh-huh. and started writing in 2009, I think. Okay. So we're talking four years, and so you're writing, which is which is just an incredible feat, just, I mean, just for anybody, do you know what I mean? And so, like, tell us now where you've gone on from, you know, from Copper and so forth, like, what do you, what have you been working on now, that kind of stuff? Yeah, so the, the last uh, several years I've been doing this show, Mr. Robot for USA, which has been a, a blast. Small little yeah. show, yeah. yeah. Small yeah, little, little. I'm not thing. sure if yeah. the listeners have heard of it. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, it's been amazing. I got. I was uh, very blessed to be hired on. Right as soon as I got picked up to series, I was hired for episode two because they shot the pilot before that, and then I've been on since then, the entire season. We're or entire series, and now we're uh, we're shooting the final season right now. Going to wrap in first week of August, and it's it's been pretty wild, crazy four and a half years. Yeah, because that, that's amazing. It's been fun and like. Then, you know, learn so many new tricks and work with different people and uh, offered a lot of the career opportunities, you know, doing a lot of development now with Universal mm-hmm. and got pilots going and stuff like that. So it just opened up a lot of doors and it's been it's been a wild ride. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it's and it's an amazing ride. He's be, he's being really humble, but it's also like when I, you know, when I watch Copper, when I watch Copper and you see his name, but then you see his name for Mr. Robot, right? You, you mean like the the sort of leap, the sort of quantum leaps you've had between gigs has been, you went from an assistant, you went from like an assistant assistant to like a writing on a, in a writing room to executive, oh no, executive, you got up to executive EP on Copper and then... Yeah, supervising for super yes okay epm and, and robot yeah and yeah. so like when i watch wow. robot and i say oh that's my buddy's name that's like oh, kyle bradstreet like single title right there and i'm like this fucking guy <laughs> come on <laughs> dude like how do you like that's, that's right i need to reevaluate I, I got i was working on the show oh and you, yeah you were watching season one and then i just get a screen grab <laughs> He texts me and he's like, he's like, you motherfucker, why didn't you say anything? Yeah. Like, it's, it's my title on screen. It's like, yeah, it was cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Atu is, you're reevaluating your thoughts on cats as we speak. Yeah, right yeah, now. I guess I got like a transport kind of cat. Career <laughs> you know. all, that, that, That's um, a better way to start. If we start over, I would say, well, it all started with the cat. There we go. Yeah. We can ed- we can get that in post. See, this is the collaborative piece you're talking you about. We can edit. There you go. We can edit and move everything around. Yeah. and just start with the cat. Um, or just with an so I'll be. Word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kyle Bradstreet. Cats. Cats. That will be the name That'll of the title. I'm pretty. Yes. I names the episode. You're welcome. I'm pretty sure he's going to name it that. Uh, uh, we won't even use your headshot. We're just yes, using a picture yes, of that fluffy, fluffy cat. cat. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> so, uh, so a couple. Th- one, Mister Robot. I've never seen that show. There's very few shows oh, that are that big that I haven't seen. Oh. I've heard a ton about mm-hmm. it, and it's just about me coordinating. Well, is it on Amazon? Is it on Netflix? Is mm-hmm. it, where do I watch yeah, it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I know it's on like a certain time on a certain channel, right. but mm-hmm. I feel that less and l- there are fewer and fewer of us who subscribe to the. I need to be home at eight o'clock to watch. Sure, this. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely it's, it's a it's a binge show for sure. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's on Amazon, and then like even like friends who like love it like diehards when it does air, 
we'll like save up the DVR for five or six weeks and they won't watch the premiere at and all. Then and watch then watch it. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll so, go all the way through and then wait and do another five or six weeks like at the end. Yeah. 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 Right. Pe- yeah. Pe- Which is kind of, it's kind of, it was made ahead. for that. Like, yeah. The, yeah. the creator, Sam Esmail, is like, that's, he intended it to be like a, each season to be a 10 hour movie. It wasn't like, oh. it, it's definitely, that, that's the kind of story we're telling. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that leads perfectly into the question I was going to ask about process. And I think I asked, whenever we have writers on, I always ask this, um, the idea of how you map out something over a season, um, how that takes place. So, you know, with the, recently with Game of Thrones, there's all these theories about the show, and people were like, oh, well, they're off the book, they're off book, and so that's why it, it feels this way. And then I read this one thing online, and Otto, I might have sent it to you also, mm-hmm. the idea of, like, the character versus the story and oh, yeah, the yeah. whole thing. I sent that to you, right? I think Otto, so, yeah. I, I thought uh-huh. I did. But the idea was that George R. R. Martin was just about character development, or that was his emphasis mm-hmm. when he was writing. And so he would focus so much on that that characters would be stuck places and he'd have to find a way to get them out, mm-hmm. but he, his emphasis was on developing them as characters. Yeah. While the two guys who were the, uh, I don't know their names, no. but you know, the one with the beard and the, the other one right. who's married to Amanda Peet, mm. those two guys, they were more about the destination piece. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, well, we need to get to this point in the story, right. and so we have to arrange things that happen to get everyone to this point which was jarring to the viewers because you know we we're talking about the audience response to things it was jarring to the viewers because they were used to characters acting a specific way mm-hmm. and the two main dudes had to adjust the way characters would react to get the story to a certain place right. so on shows that you've worked on or you as a writer yourself do you have a preference do you find that you are within it, it, based on what we've talked about so far it feels like you're more about the story not that you're not about characters, but you're more about crafting the story. But where do you lie on that spectrum, and how does that come together on shows that you've worked on? Well, so I'm I'm here to ask all the hard questions. No, it's That's good. It's a good Otto, one. Otto didn't tell you that. I think like I'm trying to think of some of the stuff we've done, because um, you need to find that that balance, you know. Because if the people aren't in love with the characters, or hate them, or feel some way some strong way about them, then it, right, they're not gonna tune in and uh but it's so ingrained in us to have like that plot that forward moving story that like right from the earlier days of tv before everything was like you know as wild as it is now mm-hmm. like people still want like some of that like law and order type stuff mm-hmm. in there right so the procedural yeah piece. so you need like to kind of figure out how we're going to balance those and we did it we did it on copper where it's it, copper started off bbc america wanted like a case of the week oh, in yeah. 1864 mm-hmm. and and the creators fought it and they were like this is gonna be much better if we do like serialized over the course of a season mm-hmm. and then and after episode three bbc america was like you're totally right we want to go character like do whatever you want and oh, we, we shifted that. there mm-hmm. and then we kept that up season two but <laughs> what we would do is like we would we did have a forward moving story we always had like a north star we we're headed towards but then we we would just take a break for a minute and be like, this episode, we're going to go st- step to the side and mm-hmm. do like a one-off about like this, you know, mm-hmm. something, something that was a little right. fun. Like, mm-hmm. like season one, we had like that, uh, Diebold wrote it actually. The, um, 
the fruitcake episode where it's just like it was like suddenly it was like this really comedic episode oh, where we just stopped yeah. everything and there's like a poison fruitcake and we're trying to fa- the, like this hardcore oh, show yeah. with these guys like shooting yeah. guns and everyone's covered in dirt and all of a sudden it's right. like it's like no it's the poison fruitcake like yeah. how are we going to solve this murder and it was like <laughs> oh, so yeah. we didn't shift mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. season two it was um we uh well we called it a bottle but it got a little bit bigger than that <laughs> um the the police station when when that oh, got taken over yeah. so like Jeez. and then we did we do a lot of that on robot too where it'll be like mm-hmm. an episode or two or three and it's like things are moving along and they're just going like hold up we're gonna stop go to the side and do like a full episode locked away just mm-hmm. on this one character and that's all you're gonna get and, and people love right. that right so it's like finding right. that balance that and and i do the same thing in my own work for sure it's mm-hmm. like trying to figure out what like keep heading towards that north star, but make sure you get as much character development as possible, and you can really get to know these these people and you know feel strongly about them. Right. That's one of yeah. the things I want to do. Is like uh, like I think I told you I want to start like getting into directing and fil- figuring yeah. out how to do that. And I would love to sit in like writers' rooms and to see that sort of conversation happen because that's uh, you know I, I I have written before, so I have a little bit of a facility for it, but like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that next, you know, that's maybe five levels down where you can, like Kwaku said, you can craft, like you're saying, like there's a North Star, but then the sort of the, the, the development parts where I think part of it is also like you guys will get inspired by a character or a story and that will cause you to say oh here's where we take the left turn for a second because we like what she was doing right. or that that was unexpected maybe from the audience or maybe from like how that was perceived. So like now we can develop that and the the sort of, there's an organicness to like how you grow the story. You might have a Bible Mm. at first, but then it's like, well, that seed is really awesome. Let's let's, let's try to develop that. And I I think it's, I'm always amazed even on TV shows that I'm, I've watched that anything gets done because there's 200 people involved. And it's (laughs) like, how the fuck did any of this get done? How did everybody show up to work on time? to get this right. shit done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah. that, that is something I, I definitely want to do, you know, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And so even along those lines, like, and how many, typically what do you have? Like five or six writers on a show? I have no idea. I've never it, been. It on varied, a yeah. I'd, I'd say between five and eight is the norm probably. Mm. So then you have those five or eight writers, the beginning of a season, let's say it's season two, you've gone through a whole season, <clears> you have your characters. Do those five to eight people get together and say, all right, this season, where are we trying to go? You know, because you like, how do you determine what that North Star is? And then if you have 10 to 12 episodes, it feels like it. And I can only compare this to like writing songs, but it feels like it would be really daunting to pull together the opinions or the perspectives of the five to eight people to one, agree on the North Star and then two to be able to pull stories from each of those people that is consistent enough right. so, so that you as the viewer, it, you know, you're like, oh, okay, all this makes sense to me. That's a big part of the showrunner's job. And, mm-hmm. like, so, like, on Robot, it's Sam Esma will come in and be like, here are, like, the, the major beats I've been thinking about hitting. And it's like, something happens in episode one, something happens in episode three, seven, and then ten, and then... So those are like the the huge moments of the season that we're gonna figure out, you know. Right. And then we're like, all right. Right. And then, and then, some ideas in between, and then we just start all brainstorming and talking, like, okay, how do we, if we got we got to make sure we land there? How are we gonna get there from you know this episode to this episode and just right like uh, 
and then the conversation starts and we just we just go from there but it's like when you have those those like goalposts in mind you're like all right well, i know we need to land here it mm-hmm. needs to land hard and like well, that's going to be like a happy moment or a cathartic moment or like a holy shit moment mm-hmm. or like a tragic moment it's like we, we got to earn getting to there so let's make sure we we do that right and now at this point you i mean it feels like i mean just with some of the stuff i know personally between you and me that you have going like not that you have to mention it now but like so you seem to be ready to like be a showrunner like there i i can imagine next year or two years from now or or knowing you next week somebody says oh hey (laughs) it's already happening it's already (laughs) later today some other legendary producer comes off a plane and says oh hey buddy you want to write a show you know what i mean nice cat yeah (laughs) nice cat (laughs) (laughs) As a result of this podcast, oh, are you the cat guy? Yeah, yeah. get the cat guy to write this. You know, do do you do you feel? Because I remember when you know, speaking of Oz, I I auditioned a couple of times for Oz when when I was really young and wet behind the ears, and you know, of course, when you're an actor, going in for Oz, you know, and I didn't get it, and then I'm like, you know, screw that, you know what I mean? Like, what the hell? But also, I know, like from hindsight. That I wasn't ready to do, I wasn't ready to be any kind of, uh, you know, maybe like a, a guest spot on Oz, but like to be one of the regulars, right. I wasn't ready for that. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, now, you know, I've done a bunch of series and so now I know what it takes. Do you know what I mean? So I feel that you have the same thing, whereas maybe 10 years ago, you couldn't have been a showrunner. Right. But now it feels like you have like just like all of the the necessary tools Skill to sets. do that, you know? Yeah, and I've worked yeah. with a lot of great people and, and seen them work and, you know, taking the pieces I like and I yeah. think will work for me for each one of those. And, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, shit, that, that's what, you know, the thing about Radius and Munda is like we, we have really amazing top caliber people come on this show. So I'm always right. like excited. What's the next thing? You know, I've been, you know, I love Mr. Robop and I can't wait till it's done. So you have time to do something else. Yeah, you know you what I mean? Yeah. So I appreciate that. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to say. So along those lines, what is next for Kyle? What are Can you talk about what's next? You don't have to. I don't know, to be honest. There, there are no animals involved. <laughs> um, uh, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, it's bad that he introduces it and I just keep yes, bringing it up. Yes, yes. This is I love it. <laughs> it's the one thing I have on. It's one, yeah, maybe one thing I have on you, so yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, I got a couple pilots in development with Universal and okay. we're going to see what happens with those and um, just keep keep writing i've got a i got a development deal there so i'll be i'll be there for a while that's my home been there okay. for four years now and yeah we're just working hard to put something together and get it on the screen there's a couple in the in the pipeline but yeah i'm gonna keep them quiet mm. yeah okay that's fair that's fair yeah. and do you do you do most of your work um in the new york area or do you find yourself here on the west coast at all uh, wherever work takes me so the past four years i've been doing like probably four to five months in LA and the rest of the year in New York mm. bounce back and okay. forth after, after robot I think I'm in New York for this foreseeable future but you never know what's going to happen so yeah. right fair yeah, yeah, really fair man what do you well, think I mean, do you have anything else I, for my, my, my I buddy? don't I feel like 
I feel like I asked you like these like proctology level questions. <laughs> just, like, so you brought so. back some good memories. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one. And the rest, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, the, the rest is Otto. Yeah, yeah I didn't. <laughs> the, the rest is all Otto. Yeah. No, but I, I always, I mean, in general, I, I love doing this with Otto. And it, for one reason, it's just because Otto is, is similar to you, really, really busy. And so this is a nice way for us to make sure that we connect. But yeah. also the fact that I get to meet people like you where I could ask. These are questions that people like no, uh, regular people or people who just watch TV wonder about, at least in my opinion. And it's great to be able to talk to someone with your level of experience and success to be like, hey, how does this work? Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Thanks for having you know, me. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And when you can talk about what's happening next. Uh, then we'd love to have you back, and I promise that Otto will not talk about it. It'll chats. be cat free. It'll be cat free. It'll be a cat free. I want that in writing, episode. but you got it. <laughs> first, first written agreement for a guest on the show. <laughs> cool, man. Um, well, thank you so much. It's been yeah, fun. Thank you. This is, this, yeah. this is great. This is great. And who so, are you? Okay, oh, see, you beat me to yes. it. Um, I'm Kwaku, and who are you? I'm Otto, and this is Radio Zamunda the Dope. Shit. And who has our amazing guest been? Who have we had the pleasure of spending the last, I don't even know, this is a perfect example, I don't know how long we've been talking, um, but who have we been speaking to for at least 15 minutes? Kyle, it could be an hour, who knows? We've been talking to Kyle, the cat wrangler. <laughs> see? <laughs> Sorry, okay, see, no, no, my bad, my bad. See? Kyle Bradstreet, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Bradstreet, my buddy. Thank you very much. Yes. Word. All right. Thank you, guys. And uh, Kyle, if you, when you're on the West Coast, hit me up, man. I'd love uh, to. I, I, I meet up with you for drinks. Sounds great. Pick your brain some more. All right. Sweet. All right. Take care. All right. All right, gentlemen. Peace. Have a great day. Peace. Black and orange stray cats hitting on the fence. Ain't got enough dough to pay the First of all, I want to point out how quickly I guessed what this job, what this dude's profession was. That was not bad at all. That was quite good. See, I, normally I yeah. do the thing where I try to do a little shtick. I try to make yeah, some yeah, jokes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what and what usually ends up happening is one of two things. Mm-hmm. One, the guest who does not know me from anything is just like, right. Otto, who is this idiot yeah. that you've... <laughs> It's like a Sunday morning. I've like yeah. woken up. Who is this yeah. idiot that you have yeah. me talking to? <laughs> no, um, I got to say that was pretty, pretty sharp and pretty. I mean, pretty on the money. I mean, jeez. I mean, but he has he had like the the writer's look. Yeah, I guess so. Like maybe like the the sort of empty look in his eyes because wow. he's been beaten. <laughs> wow. No, I mean, no, no, this is all due respect to writers. Uh, they are the ones who provide us all the great content, but boy, right. do they get treated like doo-doo, which is They work awful. for it. <laughs> you know they what I mean? Work. Yeah, but, but Kyle is a guy, he's, you know, his story seems uh, 
you know, it, it's a sort of magical, mystical fairy tale of a story. You know, I mean, who it who is, turns but it's into, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He busts his ass, and that's what I, I love about him is he's got a real sort of artist discipline. Like he gets up yeah. and writes, 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 and, he, and I'm, part of that is the influence of Tom Fontana. But um, you know that so he. I never like to use the word deserve and all that stuff because it's like there's so much luck involved in all of this yes. stuff. But when you yep. see somebody with that skill set also becoming that successful and that quickly, I mean, he's gone from, you know, just an assistant writer or not even just an assistant in a writer's room to yep. now potentially actually running his own show within, I don't know, five six seven years which is bro unreal yeah bro he went from like fuzzy cat dude <laughs> going up to buffalo yep 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 to what is it like you know is, do you say like he was the executive producer on mr robot or he's like on yeah yeah he went up to ep on robot and he was supervising producer on copper the show that we met and now he's got i forget which big company's got you know a sort of uh, development deal was it universal i think he universal, said universal yeah yeah, yeah. universal so that that's not bad so yeah and that and that dude is humble as fuck it's yeah. amazing yeah. how humble yeah. he is i'm just yeah. sort of like because i'm talking to him and it, even like and it, it probably didn't make it into the interview but the beginning mm -hmm. and i think it was before like you know we had a couple of internet blips yeah. uh, in the interview but like he looked nervous yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I even said yeah. to him, I was like, it's going to be okay, buddy. Just calm yeah, yeah. down. There's no, there's no reason to be nervous. Yeah, you know? I mean, a couple of times I called him and he was like, what am I going to say? I was like, dude, <laughs> right? what aren't you going to say? Like, this is, this. you are like the sort of the demographic, not the demographic, but you are the, the sort of person that we want to talk to. You know, that that's the artist's journey, you know, so it's fantastic. You know, and with like uh, with your buddy Josh and with Skinner, yeah. it's always super interesting to talk to writers. Mm -hmm. The way you know, I mean, you always say it every time. It's like every kid wants to hear a story. What kid doesn't enjoy telling a story? But even beyond that, you go to a wedding, right. they're toasts. Right. People are telling stories, right. and the idea right. of like crafting escapism for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure he doesn't think of it in those terms. I'm sure he's just thinking, right. you know, like. Hey, I have a character. I'm trying to get them from point A to point B. I want right. people to understand this about them, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but even like the way he was talking about sort of setting the table um, for actors, yeah, you know, yeah. like you and you know, and being able to work in like a team sort of oriented way because yeah. you know what the actor is going to bring to it, and then the way you guys were going back and forth around. You know, there's what you write in the abstract or what you write in right. isolation. And then when right. you bring it when you bring it into the big production and someone's mm -hmm. like, all right, well, this might work better like this. You don't right. think, at least me on the outside, mm -hmm. um, you don't think of this process this way at all. Right. You right. know, I mean, musically, I guess so. It's like, you know, you write stuff and, and you know, you're like, oh, this guy's an amazing drummer. He's mm -hmm. going to do this to it. Or if mm -hmm. I bring this, if I bring this idea to the band, it will evolve in this way or right. when we have a producer in there it will evolve this way but this is a really great template right, like I right. understand that but mm -hmm. the scale of doing yeah. it on a TV show with like and we didn't even get into this I was going to talk about it and then time got away but like how costume designers influence mm -hmm. you know yeah. like does mm -hmm. he have an, does he have a visual image of what things should look like how closely right. does he work with that end mm -hmm. like the whole sound piece we didn't mm -hmm. talk about that yeah. um 
but just like that that work ethic waking up at like 4 or 5 a.m. just right. to write mm-hmm. before going into work right. to just be around other mm-hmm. writers mm-hmm. and then mixed with being that humble but also being that creative right. and being and being so the, the, he was so focused on the craft he wasn't even really into like the schmoozing part which right. it f- felt like he kind of did accidentally yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like he, <laughs> the funny thing is Tom Fontana thinking, oh, I thought you were going to ask me for a job. And he's like, no, I thought we were just hanging out. You know I thought I mean? we were so, friends. I thought we were just friends, <laughs> right? I, I like whiskey. So do you. Great. You know what I mean? Right. So, and, right. you know, Tom Fontana, if you guys don't know already, you know, he's one of like the greatest television creators like ever do you know what I mean like right. everything that you know I, I and, and fight me anybody but you know the him creating Oz and before Oz but Homicide Life in the Streets right yep. those are the shows that essentially spawned The Wire and yep. all of the HBO shows and things that we have now like he is the one who set that template do you know what I mean because yep. I mean literally people who worked on The Wire or who worked on The Wire came from like homicide and all that stuff all of oh, those yeah. producers all of those writers like everybody has like swam in the tom fontana pool before like developing their own stuff so it's like right. that that pedigree has has spread into the cultural zeitgeist and kyle is one of those people you know it's it's uh right it's pretty exciting and you, you can see the influences that that tom has had on him directly so it's uh it's it's pretty cool knowing that guy and being like, oh, you know, I can't wait to see what Kyle makes, you know? Yeah. yeah he's, he's like, kind of he's like part of that way. It, it's similar. You're almost describing something similar to like the uh, PayPal mafia. Do you mm-hmm. know about this? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. OK. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Basically, all these people who worked at PayPal mm-hmm. all spawned off and created yeah. all of these things that all of us use. Like, right. The yeah, guy yeah. from LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yelp. Yeah. You know, yeah. you also have, you know, Tesla and, and, yeah. um, I think what's all the, too. Yeah. What's all of that? I think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All of that came from mm-hmm. people who were working in one place. Right. Right. And even after the interview, I remember I was watching, there's this new show on Showtime that I've been watching City on a Hill about Boston mm-hmm. in the eighties. Oh yeah. Who's the producer? Tom Fontana. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> and Ozzie I'm like, was oh, in that show. Yeah. Ozzy was, uh, yeah, that's the one with uh, uh, Aldis, I forget how to say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Ozzy supposed to play his wife on the show? Yeah, Ozzy was close to, ooh, maybe I'm not supposed to say that, but uh, anyway. Okay. All right, well, we can edit. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) We can edit. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Um, yeah. But this guy, that guy's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even so, the, the the apartment, like, I, I'm not going to mention the street, but mm-hmm. the apartment that you mentioned in the mm-hmm. interview, mm-hmm. I remember walking past that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And being like, who lives there? Yeah, yeah. Tom freaking Fontana. So, anyway. You know, but Kyle, dude, I, yeah. I'm like, I'm just, I was impressed with him on so many levels. But yeah, literally, yeah. He's, his, his humility and his work ethic, mm-hmm. like, those are the things that I see, mm-hmm. I find are... Um, two of the really consistent pieces amongst uh, all these people that we get to talk to. Right, right. They work. It's awesome, man. so hard. Ooh, I think you froze. Yep, you froze. Something happened. Connection was... Ah, you froze for a second. Yep, we're back. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, on that note... (laughs) On that note, 
Yes. I don't know how much. I'm, I'm just going to repeat that really quickly. The yes, idea please. of people, how the humility and the work ethic mm-hmm. of all of these people that we get to talk to, those seem to be two major consistent factors to greatness. Yeah. What really makes yeah. them dope. You know, yeah. it's like I'm not, you know, it's like I'm just going to show you. I'm not going to tell yeah. you how great I am. I'm just going to mm-hmm. I'm just going to work my ass off and be amazing. And yeah. that was that was truly dope. And I love it. I love it when you bring I love it when you bring these people on that people yeah. don't ever really get to talk to. Like how many people right, yeah. ever really interview writers? Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. but the effect that they have on the way that we see the world and the way that we um the way that we escape from the world just yeah. like our view into the world is severely driven by these people mm-hmm. and we never really get to hear about their process so I, right. I just thought that was great yeah yeah i thought it was great too he's great yeah. thank you kyle bradstreet yes and come back when you yeah, like uh, are ready to launch one of the projects that you could not talk about yet <laughs> exactly I'm, I'm psyched i'm psyched <laughs> so uh all, all right, right well that's what I got here. Uh, do you cool. uh, have anything else you need to add? I'm good, man. Who are you? I'm Kwaku, and who are you? I'm Otto, and this is Radio Zamunda The. Dope. Shit. There it is. All right, man. All right. Well, always a pleasure, and uh, I'll be calling you in 5 to 10. Okay. <laughs> Andy Dufresne. I'm going to I'm going to get you, what is it, Rita Hayworth. I'm going to get you Rita Hayworth. And you're making my tattoo. And you'll be leaving in your Honda Accord. Well, is it true? Thank you.